0: This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times bestselling and award winning author of the kick ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell, where we are kicking riding in the butt one word at a time, and this is a Hack the Craft episode.
1: And this episode is sponsored by you guys out there listening, and you sponsor the show by becoming patrons of Taylor at patreon.com slash taylorstevens. The amount of work that goes into these Hack the Craft episodes is enormous, so if you enjoy them and learn from them the way that I do, then become a patron at at patreon.com slash taylorstevens. That's pretty good, because I'm not reading that. I'm just kind of making it up as I go that
0: was awesome but we should just record that and like play it every single time
1: this this episode is also recorded in video as you probably know if you've listened to the last couple um, so that's available at patreon you can find that by clicking on the post tabs you don't have to be a patron to see this and we will also have the uh, the document that taylor is working from on the website which is Taylorstevenshow.com. and with that finally out of the way we can get started
0: So this is now the third um, part where we are going over material that was sent in to us anonymously. Um, It is a romance novel, first person point of view, single point of view we had some concerns. The author wanted to make sure that um, the the scene as it was, was clear, wasn't confusing. And we also, um, I, I pointed out that this is a non-native English speaker doing writing in English, which I'm hugely impressed by. It gave us a few um, word usage quirks that we wouldn't normally um, see, but everything else was um, issues that Is very common amongst native English speakers. So without further ado, here we go. The original reads, In the wardrobe before practice, I felt more carefree than I'd done since the day I first met Anderson. I tuned into focus mode before entering the hall. Feeling calm, I joined Hammonds and Anderson currently chatting techniques with Brandon. I dropped my bag down next to theirs. Hello, guys. They replied almost in unison. Brandon and Hammonds resumed their conversation, but Anderson continued to watch me in silence, distancing himself from the conversation. Was he assessing my mood? I gave him an apologetic half smile to show I wasn't going to bite his head off today.
1: All right, so, stop. Are you close to the mic? Yes. Okay. Back off just a little bit. Better? Yeah, I mean, when you get close, there's almost an echoey vibe that comes in. We had a we had a little bit of it on the last show, and I just didn't want to stop you at that point because I didn't know where it would be. But this is right at the beginning, so
0: is this any better? Yes. Okay. So the main focus that we had in this first segment was eliminating needless words, uh, rewording sentences to get us into first person point, like first person shooter point of view and looking at everything from the sense of how do we get this character in motion. Now, I didn't get to fix everything that I wanted to fix, and I left um, some things highlighted in yellow in my own work for that reason, and here's how I worked it. I changed wardrobe to locker room for ease because it should be changing room, but I have changing in the next Claws, and I didn't have time to go back and fix it all. So in the locker room, changing for practice, I felt more at ease than I'd been since first meeting Anderson. I set my street clothes and shoes together, took a moment to center and focus, then headed for the hall. Now, I highlighted out in my own work, I set my street clothes and shoes together because that's just placeholder text. We needed some kind of movement there, some kind of character in motion to to make that first opening flow and feel as if we are present and not just being told something that happened. Hammonds and Anderson were just inside discussing techniques with Brandon. I dropped my bag next to theirs, moved for their circle and said, hey, guys. They replied almost in unison and shifted to make room for me. Brandon and Hammonds went right back to talking, but Anderson distanced himself from the conversation and stood there in silence watching me. I assumed he was assessing my mood. I offered an apologetic half-smile to show I wouldn't bite his head off today. I highlighted it out to show in my own work because I still think there's a better way to say that and I didn't have time to figure it out. So that's how that first segment reads and that's how I address the issues that I had. And if you don't remember what they are, they are all in the last two weeks show that um, you can go back and listen to them point by point. I I can't repeat them all here now because otherwise this will turn into four different um seg- ser- four different shows to say what. I could do if I just speed it along,
1: all right. let me so let I, me ask you a question, yeah, um, the placeholder text why why do you consider that to be placeholder text instead of because it reads really well to me
0: because it's not my character and it's not my scene, and I don't actually have an image in my head of okay. what this looks like. and so I'm not saying this is how it should be done. This is how it could be done if okay. you know if it worked so Um, I highlighted out the part about since I'd been um, more at ease since I'd been since the first meeting. Um, Sorry, let me back up. I highlighted out more at ease. And there are some other alternatives that, that we could say my mood was lighter, I was more relaxed. Just because I said more at ease doesn't mean that's the way it should be done. And for the first meeting with Anderson, it originally said since the day I first met. And we needed to either have it since the day I met or since the first meeting, but we don't want them both together. So, cause it's just too many words to say the same thing. So pick, pick, pick your poison, but that's the one that I picked. And then we have the placeholder tech text. Okay. The next original di- um, text went like this during the practice. I focused on the tasks at hand and it was great having a timeout, even with Anderson in the room. I kept tabs on him though. And I could feel him watching me too. When Mr. Evans announced for us to find a grappling partner, Anderson sought me out, grinning. Enjoyment and challenge gleamed in his eyes. I crapped my neck and shook my body to loosen up. Your funeral, I wasn't going to take shit today. So the main issues that we wanted to address in this segment were not starting with during the practice, because that's starting with an ing word, which um, means we have multiple things kind of being trying to cram into the same thought and it doesn't work. And we needed something, some detail, some texture to replace focused on the tax, tasks at hand so that we actually had something specific, some image to hold on to.
1: Taylor. And you're going really fast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have so much territory to
1: cover. But you might, this might actually be a little bit too fast. It's almost too fast for me. So it's probably too fast for All right. people out there listening as well.
0: All right. So, I am not I don't know anything about judo. I don't know how it works. I don't know what this gym looked like. Nothing. So, I just put in some brackets here. Practice started with warm-ups and then Mr. Evans took us through drills. I just made that up because and it could be total BS, but it's it's there as a placeholder to show how we could have some sort of action and we don't have to start with an ing word we can start with physical movement so the next thing that i needed to focus on here was so that replaced the during the practice and the focus on the ta- tasks at hand but the next issue was and it was great having a timeout and timeout is not how we would use that in in natural english speaking and i had to figure out how to say it and it took me a whole lot more words and I wanted to give her some more movement and being present. So what I ended up doing to replace sort of all of that first sentence was I blocked out the rest of the group and focused fully on each movement conscious of my breathing and working the tension out of my body because that put us inside her body and gave us some, something physical to do. I kept tabs on Anderson though and could feel him watching me too. The warm up ended. Mr. Evans instructed us to find grappling partners. So that replaced the When Mr. Evans announced for us to find a grappling partner, Anderson sought me out. Changed it to The warm-up ended. Mr. Evans instructed us to find grappling partners, Anderson sought me out. Enjoyment and challenge gleamed in his eyes. I cracked my neck and shook my body to loosen up. I wasn't taking shit today. Your funeral, I said. The next original text says, we'll see about that. At least you're not avoiding me today, Anderson said. Butterflies moved around in my stomach. I drew a breath to calm them down. Anderson lay down on his back, spread eagled and smiled. Ladies first then, come get me. My heart hammered, but I blamed that on the exercise. I got down on the ground and straddled him. The intensity in Anderson's eyes made the grappling situation more intimate. Leaning forward, I looked at his arms and grabbed them holding them down. So the main issues we wanted to focus on here was making sure that we had word uh, actions in the right order. We needed to correct some um, word usage and we needed to eliminate a lot of word repetition and unnecessary words. And here's what we get in the process. Anderson grinned. We'll see about that, he said. At least you're not avoiding, at least today you're not avoiding me. And you'll notice that I changed the wording in that the I changed the order of the words in that particular sentence. The original said, at least you're not avoiding me today. And I changed it to at least today you're not avoiding me. And that's because we always want to have the most poignant part of this of the sentence at the end. So it doesn't get lost. And the point of that sentence is not that she's avoiding him today. It's that she's not avoiding him. So in a case when you can reorder the words to get the more important part towards the end and end on that, then you do it. And so that's why I did it for that sentence. To to work, butterflies moved around in my stomach, which is really just because it's, it's a non-native English speaker not knowing how to use that terminology. I changed it to my stomach fluttered. And instead of I drew breath, a breath to calm them down. I took a deep breath to calm the butterflies. So we get more specific word usage and we get it in the right order. My stomach fluttered. I took a deep breath to calm the butterflies. Anderson smiled. Now that I might not, I might want to take that out. Um, Again, I was in a really big hurry when I did this. We have Anderson grinned and then we have Anderson smiled and that's a repeat and we don't need that. So one of those has to go. That's something I would do on a next, a next pass if I was doing my own work. He lay spread-eagled on his back. Ladies first, he said, come and get me. So that replaces um, Anderson lay down on his back spread-eagled and smiled. So we want to get the words in the right order. He lay spread-eagled on his back. Ladies first, he said, come and get me. My heart hammered. I blame that on the exercise. I straddled him grabbed his arms, and held them down. We were practically face-to-face, and the intensity in his eyes made the grappling position feel intimate. My insides tensed, and I felt my cheeks redden. I stole some of that from the next um, chunk because I felt like it was better there. Um, So it has got moved around a little bit. Here's the original text. The positioning made it stupid to avoid meeting his eyes, so I didn't. I tense slightly, feeling my cheeks redden. Being so close, the smell of his sweat and body wash found its way to my nose. It caused my body to relax, remembering the smell from the night at the party. Then we were in motion, him dragging my arms out of balance, making my upper body fall forward. He thrust his hip upwards and used one leg to steer my body away from landing on his face. I rolled over to my back, and in seconds he had crawled over and reversed our positions. He held my arms, smiling flirtatiously. Now, that was way too easy. Show me what you've got. So in this segment, what we wanted to focus on was making sure that um, the action, the, the word flow from being so close, smelling his sweat, her relaxing, all of that, that it, it flows in the right order so that we're actually really present in that. And then the part where it says, then we were in motion, which I absolutely love, We need to follow that same word pattern usage all the way through to the end. So it says, then we were in motion, him dragging my arms out of balance. We need to continue that with saying, my upper body falling forward. So we had to get that fixed and few word tweaks and um, redundant words removed. So here's how I ended up working it. Close as we were, it was stupid to avoid his gaze, so I didn't try. The smell of his sweat and body wash found their way to my nose, reminding me of the night of the party. My body relaxed, and then we were in motion, him dragging my arms off balance, my upper body falling forward, and he thrust his hip upwards and used a leg to keep me from landing on his face. I rolled to my back. He crawled after me, reversed our positions, and pinned my arms. He smiled flirtatiously. That was way too easy, he said. Show me what you've got. Um, when you're when you're watching this, you m- might want to go back and forth because it's it's difficult now as I'm recording this to show every and describe every single little word tweak that I did. But if you have it on screen, you can actually pause it and look at it, and you can see it, compare it um, line by line, and you can see how. Although I did fix the things that needed to be fixed and that I pointed out, there were other little word tweaks along the way, too. And you can compare them and see how tiny, subtle little things, where punctuation falls, how the words are ordered in a sentence, whether you used an ing or an ed. All those things have a huge impact on the overall weight
1: and feel of a, a piece like this. And one of the things I notice in just watching you you scrolling through the material is that your versions have more paragraphs than the author's versions. You're, yes. You're, you have far more paragraph breaks. And yes, I do. Uh, it, one, of, one of the things, that, it seems obvious from looking at this, is you're highlighting just certain... Uh, beats is the wrong term, but you're highlighting things as they're happening by separating them.
0: Yes. And I didn't always used to write that way. Like if you look at the informationist, for example, you will see a lot, very little white space, a lot of really long paragraphs with few breaks and dialogue that kind of multiple people even talking in the same sentence. And as my writing has progressed, I have moved towards having a lot more white space on the page. And the reason being that I, that I feel that you can use paragraph breaks as a, um, a metronome as well. Like, I think it's an underutilized tool in writing. We can use it in the same way that um, artists use negative space uh, in a painting and they play with um, with that it's a it's a tool that amplifies the words that you're using and it's completely neglected as something that we actually talk about. We we talk about the words, we don't talk about the space. So
1: yeah. And as, as someone who reads a great deal, that wall of text, especially if you read on an electronic device that where the pages are smaller, um when you click a page and, and there's not a paragraph break on the page that you're getting ready to read, you just start skimming. Whereas if if there's a lot of space and there are a lot of paragraph breaks it forces you or it encourages you to read more closely
0: yeah I didn't even I don't, I don't read ebooks so that that's a really good point um, I always now try and break um, not just between um, Things with within the own character the same character. But if ever there's a break between um, one character doing something then another character doing something, each character is always going to get their own start of a paragraph. That's sort of like the most basic rule of it is't don't, um, don't force them to share space in a paragraph type thing. Okay. Okay. I looked at him feeling his weight on me. Man, he was heavy, his strong hands around my wrists. I looked past his head, wriggled my hip, and put both foot soles on the ground so he wouldn't know which way I'd go. He leaned ever so slightly to the left, and in one fluent motion, I threw him off. Triumph spread in my chest. Ha, I said. He answered with a playful grin, lying on the ground with his arms out in a defeated manner. You got me.
1: Okay, so, that was that was the author's material, and that was two paragraphs.
0: Yes. So the main focus that we wanted in that segment is we needed to get rid of redundant words. It start started with, I looked at him feeling his weight on me and we don't need that. I looked, we've got, I looked in the next sentence right after that. We, we want to just um, clean it up, tighten it up, but we want to keep the same feeling. And um, we also needed to make sure we had all the movements in order um, so that it, it happens on the page exactly as it would ha- happen in, in real life. And um, a few word choice changes type things. So here's the, the revision. He was heavy and his hands were strong against my wrists. I stared past his head, planted both soles on the pad and rocked my hips so he wouldn't, couldn't predict the direction I'd go. He leaned slightly left and in one fluid motion I threw him off. Triumph spread through my chest. Ha! I said. He lay on the mat, arms out in defeat, and answered with a playful grin. You got me, he said. I didn't have time to reply. Mr. Evans ordered us to switch partners. Now, those two parts at the end, I didn't have time to reply. Mr. Evans ordered us to switch partners. Um, there's a piece missing, I think, from the, re- from the original. And again, this was my fault just from trying to juggle the pieces. But I think the original said something like, before I could reply, uh, Mr. Evans ordered us to switch partners. So um, that's where that came from. And I apologize to the author for um, missing that and mixing it up. So as Steve was counting paragraphs, the first, the original part of that was two paragraphs. And the edited version was, is that six?
1: Yes, but that's you had two, you added two extra lines. I
0: added two, so it would have been four. Yeah, um, without the two extra lines. Okay, the next original. I paired up with James next and tried to get my head focused again. We're old partners, and I know he loves to push everybody's limits. James pointed to the floor. You first. I said nothing and lay down. My first attempt wasn't forceful enough. James regained his balance before I got free and quickly had me under his control again. He laughed and tightened his grip. Oh, no, you got to do better. So the main things we want to focus on in this paragraph, besides eliminating some unnecessary words, um, was that it she says, I, I said nothing and lay down. My first attempt wasn't forceful enough. And my first attempt wasn't forceful enough. It's very vague. It doesn't actually tell us anything. And so I need to recreate. I need to create that from nothing. But I don't know anything about judo. So um, I just kind of threw stuff in here. And, um, you know, it's placeholder text, but it gives us a sense of how we could actually get some detail into this and, um, and, and avoid the vagueness. So I paired up with James next. We're old grappling mates, and I knew him well. He liked to push people's limits. He pointed to the floor and said, you first. I shook my arms and legs, trying to get focused again, then took position on my back. He settled on top of me and held my arms. I planted my feet, thrust my hips, and knocked him off balance, but wasn't forceful enough. He recovered before I got free and quickly had me under control again. He laughed and tightened his grip. Oh, no, he said, you've got to do better than that. So in this, you can see that I left a before in there. like I highlighted it out in the original text because before is typically a signal that we're um, jumbling things together, kind of like ing words. But in this case, it worked okay, and it, sometimes it's just not worth the extra half hour it's going to take to figure out how to remove it, and if it works, you go with it. So that's fine. And, um, and at, the, at the very beginning, at the opening, you can see how um, it, it the original said, and tried to get my head focused again, and says we're old partners, but I had to change partners because... Mr. Evans just told them to change partners. So it's a double usage of the word. You can't see it on the screen because it was in the prior chunk. So I had to change that. And we needed to get it to where um, we're not saying, I know he loves to do something. We're just, this is how it is. This is where in the author's head. This is what, I'm not the author's, the character's head. This is what she knows. And we just go with it. It's kind of like not having to say he looked at something. Just say what it is they see. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's how that worked. All right. The next segment goes James stretched my arms further over my head and shifted his grip. So one hand was free. My body froze and panic welded me with uncontrollable speed. James was oblivious, laughing, moving his hand downward to tickle me. It didn't feel right. I only had time to whisper a low warning. No, before it hit before it hit me. I wriggled frantically chugging tugging my arms helplessly cho- helplessness choking me I could feel the invisible hands touching me now the tearing of my clothes in my head I screamed and then it says Vanessa Vanessa can you hear me so Jane here's here's how I worked it and there's actually a part where I think the original um, was maybe better and I misread it um, so I'll, I'll explain that when I get to that point James stretched my arms further over my head and shifted his grip so that he held me with one hand and had the other free. My body froze. I didn't feel right. James, oblivious, laughed and moved his free hand downward to tickle me. Panic welled up with uncontrollable speed. A low warning rose up from my throat and came out in a whispered no, and then it hit, and I fought frantically, tugging my arms, choked with helplessness, while invisible hands tore off my clothes and touched me, and in my head I screamed. So what I was going for there is getting all the elements in the right order so that we feel that we're present inside her body, and we can feel her emotions as they happen, and the original, there was nothing wrong with the words, it just needed the ordering done a little bit. And so that's what I focused on, was making sure that it happened um, sort of as a rising and, and, and a beat by beat and not all jumbled together. And the original was one paragraph and I broke it down into several paragraphs in order to really highlight the different beats of movement. and and thought. So in the original, in her head, she screams. And then there's a voice. There's nothing in between. There's just dialogue saying, Vanessa, Vanessa, can you hear me? And I felt like it needed something there, something to highlight it or space it out. And so I say somewhere outside my body, a voice called my name, Vanessa, Vanessa, can you hear me? So moving on. The original says, the voice grew louder and I realized that I was lighter, free to move again. I hugged my arms around my chest, rolled over to the side and pulled my knees up. A sob escaped me as I tried to catch my breath. The scared voice called my name again. Who was that? James? A second voice yelled in alarm. No, don't touch her. My brain started registering from my eyes again and Joan came into focus laying herself down beside me. Breathe with me, Vanessa. So the main thing we want to focus on this segment is making sure that movements are in the correct order um, then making sure it's really clear in in the character's thoughts when we have a situation where the character is in a fog and their eyes are starting to register things again. It's, it's really a lot harder than it sounds or looks to get that sensation of coming out of that fog and seeing and hearing things. So I spent a lot of time sort of focusing on how to guide the text in that way so that it felt, um, felt real in the moment. The voice grew louder. I realized I was lighter, I could move again. I rolled to my side, pulled my knees in and hugged my chest. I tried to catch a breath, a sob escaped instead. The voice called my name again. Was it James? A second voice responded with alarm. No, don't touch her. Information and detail filtered slowly into my brain. Joan came into focus. She lay down beside me. Breathe with me, Vanessa, she said. So, um in in the author's email to me originally, she mentioned that she does have a habit of writing long sentences with lots of commas and so on, and that she sees it as a weakness. I don't see that as a weakness. Anybody who's read my material knows that I have some of the longest sentences known to mankind. Um, I mean, maybe not the longest. I know that there's some like literary authors who can have a whole page with no per- no period, just comma after comma. But I write really long sentences sometimes. But in a scene like this, this is sort of like an action sequence. We need to slow it down. So this is one of the times where you don't want to have long sentences. We want to have everything really um, hard-stopped, hard-stop, hard-stop, because those are distinct thoughts, and we want the mind to reflect on it before it moves on. So that's why I broke that one down a lot, and it, it has nothing to do with long sentences or lots of commas being a weakness. This is just stylistic. The next... Paragraph says, I tried to do as instructed, but it was hard. Like my chest didn't listen to what my brain was telling it. I focused on Joan's lips, which made it easier. Slowly I regained control of my breathing and I began to take in more than Joan's face. Recollection recollection dawned. Oh, I said. So in this segment, I wanted to remove redundant words. It was hard, which made it easier. Didn't want to let my brain was telling. And also I began to. Began to is always something you want to look at as maybe it doesn't belong. But I kept it. Be- I kept it because it fit. It worked. But it is on my hit list. And here's a case where I would have searched for it and said, nope, this belongs. Keep it. So I tried to do as instructed, but my lungs refused to listen to my brain. I focused on Joan's lips and the air began to flow. My heartbeat slowed. Recollection dawned. I said, oh. I sat up and my head spun. I began to take in more than Joan's face. Now I took the I sat up part from the next chunk. So um, the redundancy is mine. This section starts. I sat up and realized that everyone was leaving. Everybody was leaving. My head spun. Mr. Evans, James, and Anderson were the only ones standing still, though at a distance. James looked distraught and confused, just gest- gesticulating and clearly describing to Mr. Evans what had happened. Mr. Evans looked sternly at James, arms folded and brows contracted. Anderson stood right behind Mr. Evans, scowling at James, his whole body radiating hostility. I couldn't bear the looks on either of their faces, so I looked at Joan again. Hey there, she said. I sighed. What happened? So in this segment, um, my biggest focus is making sure that... Because we have the, the character is seeing lots of things happening and and is describing something that's happening ac- across the room and so we need to make sure that every single one of those movement beats is very clear and in the right order. So I'm going to tackle this by reordering and um, even adding extra words if necessary to make sure that there's no confusion whatsoever in what it is the character is seeing. The session had ended and the room was clearing out. Mr. Evans, James, and Anderson were the only ones not leaving. They stood at a distance. Mr. Evans, with his arms folded and brows furrowed, looking sternly at James, and James distraught and confused, gesticulating in what appeared to be a description of what had happened. Anderson stood behind Mr. Evans, scowling at James. His whole body radiated hostility. I couldn't bear the looks on any of their faces, so I focused on Joan again. "'Hey there,' she said. I sighed. "'What happened?' I asked." And I highlight, okay, so the original said, hey there, she said, I sighed, what happened? And as I read that, I'm like, I sighed, what happened? It can be confusing, especially if it's like on different lines. And so I broke those down, hey there, she said, paragraph break, I sighed, paragraph break, what happened? But the problem with that is that it doesn't indicate who said what happened. And the line before that, Joan had just said, it was just a, she said. So I couldn't say, hey there, she said. I sighed, what happened, I said. It just doesn't work. And so this is one of those rare times where it's okay to put in a different dialogue tag for the sake of cadence and avoiding repetition of having two words she said, two words she said, I said. So sometimes you can break the rules, and that's the situation I was in and why I did it. So the next um, segment starts. Joan frowned and tilted her head to the right, then she answered. All I know is you started kicking and screaming. James let you go immediately, but it was as if you didn't notice, like you weren't really here. Then you rolled over. She she said, how do you feel? I averted her eyes, better, confused. I looked over at the three men now looking at us in silence. And to myself, I added embarrassed to the list. I was about to get up when Anderson approached and stretched out his hand, a concerned look in his eyes. I looked at it for a second, then rose without taking it. My tone was curt and my voice firmer than expected when I spoke. I can get up on my own. Thanks. So in this segment, um, we have a lot of... Um, situations where we're using when and looked and it's it's just a little bit rushed and it 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 could be clearer and we could get the the words and movements in a more specific beat more ordered in a way that it'll just feel more impactful and we're not going to lose the the conflict between Her and the character and her love interest when it happens. So Joan frowned. Her head tipped to the side. She said, all I know is you started kicking and screaming. James let go immediately, but you didn't seem to notice. It's like you weren't really here. Then you rolled over. How do you feel? I avoided her eyes. Better. I hesitated, confused. The three men who'd been talking now stood silent, looking at us. To myself, I added embarrassed to the list. Anderson walked toward us, his eyes full of concern. I moved to get up. He stretched a hand in my direction. I glanced at it, then rose without accepting. I can get up on my own, thanks, I said. My voice was firmer and my tone more curt than I'd intended. The next segment says, James was right behind Anderson. He opened his mouth, but I beat him to it. I'm sorry, James, I don't know what happened, I said. I wanted to reassure him. I walked over to my gear on unsteady legs, wanting to get the hell out. An apology from him would only make me feel worse. Anderson trailed me and responded with an indignation. You're sorry? Are you kidding me? It's he who should be apologizing. Oh, drop it, Anderson, I barked. Not looking at him, I stomped off into the safety of the girl's wardrobe, only Joan able to follow, though she didn't. I believed what I'd said, though. So, in this segment, again, it is about just making sure that all the beats are in the right order, because this is a very um, emotional, I guess you could say an emotionally charged part of the scene. And when you get characters who are in conflict and you have multiple actions happening and those actions are happening because characters are reacting to emotion then it's really important that we have it in such a way that it is very clear and it just bleeds and feeds one right into the other and there's this sense of knowing exactly why someone did what they did. So, here's how I worked it. James had followed right behind Anderson. He looked anguished and confused, like he didn't know what to say. His mouth opened, but I spoke first. I wanted to reassure him, and an apology would only make me feel worse. I don't know what happened, I said. I'm sorry, James. I walked to my gear on unsteady legs. I wanted so badly to get the hell out and away from the stairs and questions. Anderson trailed me. His voice rose with indignation behind me. You're sorry, he said. Are you kidding me? It's he should be, who should be apologizing. Oh, drop it, Anderson, I said, and stomped off to the safety of the girls' locker room where only Joan would be able to follow, though she didn't. The space was empty now. So a few highlights on this is that um, my I I was rushed when I did this, and so there are things that I feel are not a good example of how it should be done. Um, The goal in this is to make sure that it's clear, and in this first paragraph where it says, I wanted to reassure him and an apology would only make me feel worse, it actually creates um, a lack of clarity in that we don't know if the character's saying an apology from herself Or an apology from him and it was clear by implication in the first version and then cleaning it up i actually muddied that so i would go back and i would clean that up on a next pass to make sure that it was clarified in in some way and the other is where it says anderson trailed me his voice rose with indignation behind me that behind me is redundant it doesn't need to be there anderson trailed me his voice rose with indignation The fact that he's behind her is implied by the fact that he's trailing her. So that's my goof. And then the last thing is, we all know that I'm pretty religious about saying said period, said period, said period. But every once in a while, a comma is okay. And here's a situation where I left it as a comma because it was faster and easier than trying to figure out how to do it without it. But here's why it works. It doesn't say, I said and stomping off to the g- safety of the girls, or I said stomping off to the safety of the girls' locker room. So the, the, the sentence is, oh, drop it, Anderson, I said, comma, and stomped off to the safety of the girls' locker room. That works. I wouldn't do it often. It's, it's an exception, but it works in that context. Where it would not work is if it said, oh, drop it, Anderson, I said, comma, stomping off, to the safety of the girl's locking room. And the difference is that in the way it has now, there are two distinct things that happened. She spoke and then she did something else. And the way it's normally used and why we knuckle slap with the ruler over it is because it's done, she spoke while also doing something else and it's blending things and it's violating the thought, action, speech rule. So here's an exception and... It's a really good example of how sometimes even I will go ahead and break the rules. All right,
1: I, I have questions here. Yes, because you've knuckle wrapped me so often on that, <laughs> and I—I don't—I'm eliminating all of them now. But there are there are times when, as you said, there are two specific actions separated by a comma, essentially. And are, are you saying that that's okay if it's that kind of a situation, or that is every so often it's okay? Or it, it, is it every so often okay, or just it's okay if, it, if it's that situation?
0: Well, look, there's no hard and fast rules, right? Oh, this yes, isn't, there are. This isn't <laughs> a religion. <laughs> the goal here is to make our writing tighter, cleaner, more clear, easier to read, and It's always going to be that way if it's said, period. So I wouldn't advise doing it often because it's just going to create a certain lack of clarity. However, if it's comma followed by a but, something, something, something I said, but I really wanted this other thing instead, that is okay. Because it's sort of a flow within the same, the same thought, and it's not trying to jumble things. And it, it's almost like it follows that same concept of, eh, I'm getting myself in hot water here because it's not exact, but when we say don't start with an ing word, mm-hmm. how if it's inner dialogue, it's okay. But if it's actual, something that's actually happening in the moment, it's, it's action on the page, don't do it. It's a little bit like that. If it's inner dialogue, something, something I said, but I really wanted something else instead, well, you can get away with that, because that's inner dialogue. It's not it's not combining two actions at the same time. So what you're really trying to avoid is multiple actions, because that's what, it's a perspective issue. You're not inside the character's head, seeing through the character's eyes if it's happening multiple things. it's That's a bird's eye view approach, which we're trying to avoid. So... I would recommend that if you're still at the stage where you don't know for sure, don't do it. It's safe. It's easy. Um, And then as you get better and you progress in your writing, well, then you have that Liberty. I mean, you always have that Liberty. Like I said, it's not a religion. It's not going to go to hell for this, but it, if you're trying to make your writing stronger, cleaner, and you have the time said period is it's the, the one guarantee that you're not going to mess
1: it up. All right. Thank you.
0: All right. Here we are. The last paragraph now. Last chunk of it. It wasn't James's fault. I knew it wasn't mine either. The weight of the thought made it hard to breathe again. The wardrobe was empty now. I dropped my bag to the floor and leaned my forehead to the wall. What's happening? Why now? I rubbed my chest and concentrated on breathing again. I hurried up to get those sweaty, sticky clothes off. Undressed, nausea hit me. I headed for the garbage bin and emptied my stomach. I cleansed my mouth in the sink before I walked to the shower room, turning on the hot water and letting the warmth consume me. So what we're going for here is just to make sure that um, all the actions are in the right order. And there was a few words that I felt we could get rid of the what's happening, why now, the questions. And I also wanted to start with not it wasn't James's fault um, because we needed to know what the it was. And there's also a little bit of something I wasn't super sure about because in the um, previous version, um, sorry, the previous chunk, it ended like this. Oh, drop it, Anderson. I barked, not looking at him. I stomped off into the safety of the girl's wardrobe. Only Joan able to follow, though she didn't. I, I believed what I said, though. And in that context, I would think that I believed what I'd said, though, that she was talking to Anderson, but I'm not sure maybe she was talking about the apology where she said she didn't know what had happened. It's not really clear what she's referring to. So later on, when I start my segment, I started with, I'd believed what I'd said. I would have taken that out, but I left it there because I wasn't sure. And I didn't want to mess with the author's material. So I don't actually know what it's doing there. So that's what that is. So anyway, here's how I reworked this final paragraph, this final chunk of text. I would believed what I'd said. Whatever had happened wasn't James's fault. It wasn't mine either. The weight of the thought made it hard to breathe again. I leaned my forehead to the wall, dropped my bag to the floor, concentrated on breathing, then hurried to get the sweaty, sticky clothes off. Once undressed, the nausea hit me. I headed for the garbage bin and emptied my stomach, turned on the sink and washed my mouth, then walked into the shower for the hot water and let the warmth consume me. Um, I did leave in a redundant word here. Once undressed, the nausea hit me. It should just be once undressed, the nausea hit. We, we know who it hit. So, you know, that's my bad. Um, but the rest of it really is just making sure that we um, have those words, the movements in the proper order. And I also remember, Uh, remove the part where she said she rubbed her chest, because that that could create a complicating image, depending on who's reading it and the lack of clarity, and I didn't feel like it really added anything, so I just took it out. But other than that, it's really just using the author's words and reordering them, and that's what I have.
1: You know, it's interesting that you use the word clarity right at the end, because that's what kind of just comes shining through to me, is how much more clear what the author was trying to get across is after the changes that were made and it it, it is as you said just reordering a lot of things um changing really changing very few words but a lot a lot of reordering a lot of a lot of paragraph breaks for emphasis and for other reasons and the story is just seems so much more impactful to me
0: I guess clarity really is what, I mean, that is what we're going for to clarity removes grit, right? And, um, and I think, okay, now I have to clarify here, clarity. Um, (laughs) This is, this is a first draft of hers or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, however, it's a draft. It's not a final copy. And so of course, there's a lot of room for correction in that sense. Um, And she didn't ask me, oh, can you fix all my mistakes? She really wanted to make sure that the the scene had the emotional impact, and that the characters felt real. And but to do that, I had to create the clarity of getting the movements in the right order. And I think um, it really boils down to having that perspective: Are you inside your character's head? Are you seeing it through their eyes, beat by beat? How does this play out? And so much of sen- so much of the time when sentences need to be reordered or paragraphs need to have the the words switch around, it's because of not having that own clarity in your own head and not actually envisioning it. And I, I need to say that when I'm working on my own work, I don't just write and it all flows out in the order that it's supposed to happen. There are times that I have paragraphs that I will spend three hours moving the sentences around in different order because they don't work in the order that they're in. There's just something about them that's not sitting right with me. And I play with them like puzzle pieces and blocks, stacking blocks to build new things until I get a paragraph that actually works. Now, that's why it takes me so long to write a book. And not everybody has that luxury and not everybody even cares enough to do it that long. I have to because I'm OCD and I can't help it. But it, it, it's not something that, oh, I just do this naturally. It takes work and it takes time. And anybody who has the foundation already, like in this piece, the foundation is already there. This is already somebody who knows how to write. Um, It's a good storytelling. That foundation is there. And anybody who has the skill at this level can do what I do. It just takes time and practice.
1: All right, so that is the end of this three-part series. We didn't know if it was going to go three or four, but we got this in in one. Good job, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, you'll find the video at patreon.com slash Stevens. where if you enjoy this, really enjoy this material, if you're learning from it, show Taylor some love and become a patron. She would be forever grateful. At the website... I love you forever. Even better, at the website taylorstevens.com, you can download the uh, the manuscript that we were working from and, and kind of go through it if you're just listening and, and you just need to do it. You need to see it that way. So a Let lot of ways... to correct of,
0: you, correct you there for a second. It's... TaylorStevensShow.com. yes Um, TaylorStevens.com will not take you where you want to go
1: oh you're right it it will take you somewhere completely different and we'll go back to that whole rubbing your chest thing that you talked about (laughs) earlier (laughs) and no don't go down that that rabbit hole so that that's it for this week we will be back again next week thanks for being with us guys see you next week